Yo, what's up, everyone? This is the Sweet 206 Podcast, and the guest this week is Michael Canavo, one of the co-founders of Lithium Cycles, and they make the awesome Electric Bike Super 73. Our conversation starts from where he was before the company and goes all the way to meeting and working with Will Smith. Hands down, my favorite conversation yet. I hope all of you enjoy. It's my first time. Yeah, no, you should be good. Just have it by... Like right here? Yeah. Cool. Um, Yeah, for a while, I was... For a little bit, I was doing that. I was just kind of just like letting people talk. Mm-hmm. And I think what a lot of people... What was that? Sorry. Notification for like administrator stuff. No, it's cool. Another thing that like I feel like most people don't get is someone that really listens. Mm. You know, like like for... So, so are you a psychiatrist almost? <laughs> so here's like, another thing. Here's, a, here's another interesting thing. The reason why I also want to keep this podcast going is I've also been really interested in, um, like, psychology. Okay. And, like, just interested in how, Shoot. like, people interact. But I've never, like, dabbled with it. Yeah. So I, I thought that this would be also a cool way for me to kind of, like, flirt with that. It's a casual. Like, yeah, you're yeah, not yeah, committing yeah. to the couch yet. No, 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 But no, you're no. really getting into the conversation. Yes. And I, I, I think... Uh, I think it was Joe Rogan that was saying it. I'm a huge fan of Joe Rogan's mm-hmm. podcast. But he says that, you know, most people don't have these long-form conversations that are uninterrupted. Yeah. No, I would never have an hour-long conversation with somebody. At all. I just don't think about it anymore. Yeah. Exactly. I'll shoot him a text and that's, that's the information I need right there. So this is interesting. Yeah, this is cool. So um, for people that are watching... Uh, Introduce yourself, man. Yeah, uh, my name is Michael. I'm one of the co-founders at Lithium Cycles, which is you know better known as Super 73. Super 73s are the bikes we make. Lithium Cycles is the company that makes them. So I do uh, everything from brand, marketing, um, content, uh, collaborations, anything kind of on the creative side. That's what I. That's what I do. Yeah, I, I was in contact with Aaron and. Mm-hmm. I, I reached out to him initially because the bikes had like an issue because yeah. K, the Casey dropped the pink bike. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a little bit of chaos there. We, yeah, he's really rough. With his, <laughs> we his made gear. these bikes for Casey probably, geez, a year ago now that pink bike, uh, we made like a year ago. So it was one of the earlier bikes that we actually made. We boxed it up and then we just kind of waited. Um, we shipped it out here to New York to a store that we kind of use sometimes. Um, and we just waited to hear back from Casey and a year went by and we hadn't. So that bike was sitting there boxed up. I came out here to assemble it, test rode it. It was all good. What we didn't realize was that, um, it had a little more kick than the bikes that we make now do. And so there was a moment where it's on camera, the bike kind of throttles away and it, it crashes pretty hard and that kind of jarred something loose. Um, we didn't really expect that. So I am out here, um, to do a quick fix on it, check up on all the bikes that Casey has because he does use his stuff, um, which is awesome because it's, it's a great test for us. I mean, I see the bikes getting rained on. He's doing power slides whenever he's stopping. So it's, it, it kind of, I kind of cringe when I watch the videos, but I'm also like, okay, well, what are the issues that he's kind of having with these bikes? And luckily it's really been so minimal. Um, it's really exciting to see these bikes hold up to his abuse. So it's been very helpful. Yeah, man, me and Patrick always say that 
um casey's a good tester for any kind mm-hmm. of gear and if he still uses your gear or your equipment then it's a good, oh yeah no i mean it, it's such an honor i think you know sometimes we get comments from people saying like well i could make this in my garage for 200 bucks and it's it's people who really don't understand what goes into making products that say that yeah um i think for the most part um, oh, sorry that's no you're good the bell somebody oh here. gotcha okay. who's that I was like, I turned my phone off. Who's that? Darone. Darone? Yeah. Sam's not even here. I don't know. We're about to have a guest guest appearance. Darone, that's Sam's brother. Gotcha. He's going to ring it again here in a second here. Gotcha. Well, I'm going to... You guys keep talking. Um, Where was I? Oh, there we go. The ring. Um, Uh, Casey being a, a, a marker for... Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we get people that are saying like, well, I could make this or, you know, like, why are they charging this amount? The truth is like the abuse that Casey's put these bikes through. That's why there's the price tag that's related to it. We use quality pieces. We really stand behind our design, our engineering, um, our electronics, uh, our batteries. And so as a result, yeah, they're more expensive than a a cheap China knockoff, but the what's great about it is you're going to be able to use these bikes for years so we really stand behind our products in that way um i don't want this to come off like a pitch or anything but like it's just the truth you know like we're really attached to these products we make um we're a really small team in orange county um so we don't necessarily have like a huge reach and huge resources so we really focus on quality uh over quantity the room what's good man what's up man are you meeting up sam What's up? Are you meeting up, Sam? He's on his way. I want to just charge my board and swap out boards. Got it. Wait, is this? This isn't a V1 charger. No, no, no. No, V1 chargers are a little longer. Yeah, man. We're just doing a podcast. (laughs) No, no, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Sam's almost here? Okay, cool. Dude, have some, please. Michael, would you like any candy? I will definitely have some afterwards. Gotcha. I actually, is that the box that Casey found earlier today? Yeah. Well, and he had like four pieces. Yeah, he was talking about that box and I was hoping I'd see it. So Yeah, there's there's two boxes. I am so excited. Yes, I will jump into that. Dude, Michael, I wanted to ask you, what were you doing before lithium cycles? I've got kind of a bizarre story. Um, Please tell, tell me your story. I man. would love to. Uh, so I couldn't make it through college. I tried so many times. Um, I actually dropped out of college seven times. And the eighth time, it stuck. I was finally able to drop out and not go back, which is funny because everybody's story is normally backwards. You know, I kept trying, kept trying, and I finally (laughs) finished. Um, I kept trying to go back, but I I couldn't make it through. So instead, I got a job spinning signs for Verizon. So Also, you were one of those guys. I was a sign twirler. I was a sign twirler, and I thought, oh, this is the rest of my life. Um, That was pretty depressing. Uh, I kind of slowly worked my way up from there. to the glamorous job of making pizzas at Costco, uh, which again, I thought, well, this is my life now. Like this, I didn't go to college, so this is what I deserve and this is all I can ever kind of strive for. Um, So a couple years into making pizzas for Costco, I actually got um, electrocuted. I touched a live wire in the pizza display, (laughs) which is pretty tragic. Um, So I didn't technically get electrocuted because that means you died. But I, I got shocked. Um, and also, oh, there's a difference. But yeah, like, yeah, which, I, which I learned after it happened. Yeah, so um, if you get electrocuted, it means you're, you've you've died from it. But shocked means that you know. Which when I say shocked, people 
they don't really understand. So what happened was I touched a live wire. Um, I got stuck to it. It actually split my thumb open, split my elbow open, split my knee open. What? And then burst all the blood vessels in my arm. It was insane. Um, and I remember being stuck to that pizza display <laughs> thinking, uh, oh, shoot, like my mom is going to find out that I died at Costco. Um, and I and I watched as I couldn't pull nice. away. Yeah, it, it was it was like supercharging me. Um, and like I, I everything felt like I was made of rock, like I couldn't move my body. Um, and I remember my like thinking my mom's going to find out I died at Costco. And like what? Like, how can a mom go through that? Um, and I managed to reach my other arm and pull myself away. Uh, the current went through my chest because um, it connected. So I, I made like a connecting circuit. Yeah. Um, but I was able to pull myself away, passed out a couple times, woke up, EKGs, like whole thing, paramedics. Um, and I quit like a week later. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, really. Um, I know I can make videos. So Did you let get me... disability or anything? No, I didn't sue. I didn't do anything. I was. I, I remember thinking. I mean, everybody told me like you need, you have a suit here. Um, I felt scummy. Like I felt really scummy. Like filing against a company that gave me work, and I don't know if that's necessarily like the right mindset, but that's just where I was at that age. Hey, man. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So. So I just left. Um. How old were you? Twenty-one. How old, are you, how old are you? I'm 26 now, right now. Okay. Yeah. So this was like five years ago. Um, I left and I started hustling and I just did these wedding videos for like 200 bucks a piece and I would book like five, six, seven, eight a month. And a month. Yeah. And it came down to me working for like $6 an hour, but I didn't feel confident enough to be charging more. And, you know, as time went on, I was finally like, all right, well, up, up my prices, up my prices, up my prices. I ended up doing that for four years. Yeah, cause that's really low. It's so low. Oh, it's so low. Pop? I like these people were getting the deal of a century. Um, but I, I just, again, I'm not like I, I was a creator. I wasn't a business person, so I didn't know how to tell people that they needed to give me money for something that I was creatively doing. Got it. Which I think a lot of people in this space kind of struggle with. Yeah. Um, me is personally. what's my value? Yeah. How do I value my time? How do I value yep. what I do when it's not a nine to five, but it's my life. Um, so that was really tough for me. Fast forward a couple years doing that. I'm actually making good money at this point, living by myself, doing um, weddings though, mm -hmm. doing weddings. Um, you were doing, uh, videos for what I used to yeah. be, a, I used to do that same thing oh, cool. too. Yeah. So my move, which if there's any wedding videographers listening, do this. Um, I got in good with the top photographers in Orange County. So I was like, who is doing the most high-end Laguna Beach, Oceanside weddings, you know, let's link up with them. Um, and then I won't have to work anymore. I'll just let them say, well, I have a videographer. Yep. Let me bring him along. Yep. Um, and it worked. So I was booking like four or five weddings a month at like $4,000 a piece um, and really like killing it in the game, which was really exciting. I had like quite a few videographers on staff. Um, and, nice. and then one day I was done. I was like, I, I literally will do no more weddings. I had shot 250 weddings Fuck. in a matter of a couple of years. And um, I was like, I will do no more. Uh, so I gave that company to my second shooters. I said, here, take this. I'm done. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm done. Um, and I went on uh, angel, like an angel investment list. I was like, where are the startups in Orange County? Um, and I kind of started looking up startups in Orange County. What made you want to look up at, what, what made you look up startups? Um there's this there's this guy he does these commercials 
Um, you guys might know him. He, uh, he does like all those really quirky, funny commercials. Um, he appears in all of them. Like he does CarMax stuff, man. I don't know. I, I, I heard a story a while back. Um, it's, I should really figure out who he is. You've, you'd recognize him if you saw him. And I'm sure some people listening know who I'm talking about. It's this dude. And he goes to these small companies and he goes, give me a small fraction of your company, like a, like 1% of your company. I will do all the marketing and all the branding. And it's brilliant. And so he comes into these small startups, um, and he did uh, oh he did that Domino's. Um, that no, 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 no. It's not that guy. Um, okay, he did the Domino's uh, pizza app. Order me a pizza app. There was one. It was just like you just click a button and it just orders you a pizza. It's so basic. But he did the all the branding for them, and it was these like eighteen year old kids that had the idea. Yeah. And he came in and was like, "Just give me part of your company. I'll do the whole thing for you." And he, it blew up. It was huge. And so he just kept doing it. He did it with CarMax. Um, he did it with like just, I mean, a ton of apps. Uh, those like security apps. Sam, what's, what's up, good, man? dude? Oh, hey, because of you, we're working with Rurock now. Mm. Yeah, man. Love those helmets. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, we have a, Aaron had a meeting with them today. Uh, so, okay, so he does all those commercials. Brilliant, dude. I was like, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to get a couple, like a little bit of equity in each of these startups. So I started checking out these Orange County startups. And I found like this one um, beef jerky delivery system, which was so weird. But it would send you like different kinds of beef jerky every month. And it was cool. And I thought it, it had legs. I grabbed that one. And then I grabbed this scooter company. It's called Nimble Scooters. Um, and it was this team in uh, Santa Ana. And they were working out of a really tiny warehouse making these like industrial carts. Okay. Um, really not like the most thrilling product, but the team was super cool. So I, I remember I went in and I pitched to them and I went into their office. Um, and this really like short Asian dude with like hair sticking straight up <laughs> was sitting, <laughs> was sitting behind a desk, uh, a fold out desk on a fold out chair. And he goes here, take a seat. And he grabs out of the corner, a seat from a van, like a minivan. Yeah. And pulls it up in front of his desk. And he goes, here, this, this is all we have. So I'm sitting in a minivan chair talking to this dude in like a basketball jersey um, about giving me equity in his company. And so basically, I, I didn't want to scare him off. So I said, let me make some free content for you. So I got some of their scooters and I made these awful videos. I tried so hard. I don't think they were that bad, but they weren't good. Um, but the team liked me. And there was like nine or 10 partners at the time. It was like basically everybody working there had equity in the company. So they said, uh, we can give you 1% and you can do all the branding and everything. Uh, so I agreed to it. Fast forward a year. And you've never done branding for any company? I had no idea what I was doing. None. None. You're just... In the chat, figured out who that guy is. Adam Boom. That's him. I love it. Yep. That dude is brilliant. He, I mean, he's got to be worth millions and millions right now because he gets equity early on and the stuff he makes is inspiring. It's so good. Um, so with no experience at all with marketing or branding, nothing. you just basically copied what his, he was doing. His thing, sandwich. Boom, sandwich. Yep. Yeah. My website even looked like that. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was rough. It was a rough version of that. 
Um, so you just modeled your whole thing off I of just, him? Yeah, straight up copied him. Um, I even had an email chain with him at one point just saying like, can you give me any tips? You know, you're inspiring me. Super cool dude. How'd you find out about this guy? Um, I just kept recognizing him in commercials. I was like, this guy's in a ton of commercials. Oh, he was Why is he in of all of these okay. commercials? He puts himself, he's the main character of every commercial he does, which is brilliant because his brand value is huge as a result. Wow. Um, and there's a couple that he does nowadays where he doesn't put himself in it anymore. But the ones that really hit are the ones he's in. He's kind of a goofy looking dude, but it's that genuine like human. Yeah. Um, it's a brilliant model. I recommend anybody uh, interested in like marketing or branding, look up sandwich video. Um, Cause that was kind of how I got into what I'm doing. So, so then this company, I scored 1% of nimble scooters as a yeah. result, which, you know, the, the company wasn't, doing anything at the time um we ended up launching an indiegogo campaign we we raised enough we met our goal um but you know that it just it wasn't the right product it was the right team but not the right product so we fast forward you know we're doing that for a year we're just hustling trying to push these scooters the business the business was good um warehouses liked these scooters but it just wasn't a hot product um john one of the partners over there uh you know one of my at 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 that time he was my new partner. Yeah. Um, you know, he had a large part of the company out of 1%. Super cool dude was like, Hey, you know, I'm going to make an electric bike. I don't really know how to do it, but I know the vibe I'm going for. I'm going for seventies mini bike. Um, in three days, he had built the whole thing in three days, like over the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, he built an electric mini bike and it had like a bolt as the steering system. So if you let go mid ride, the, the steering, like the handles would flop over and you would fly over the front of the handlebars. It was a death machine, but it was so beautiful. Um, and you know, is there any photos of it? There are, I have a ton of photos. Um, is there any online or, Hmm. Oh yeah. You've, you've got some of the originals. Oh, I, it was the jankiest thing, but it was so beautiful. No, that's they're the they're the bikes that we used in the Kickstarter video. I think that might be it. Like bingo. This is really early days. Oh man, spoiler. Bingo. Interesting. This is Sam Sheffer's video, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's somewhere in there. There it is. That was the first bike. That's it right there. So that was the one that we modeled it after. But that picture of that Asian guy looking at the wheel, that That's was John, the first right? one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, so John builds this thing in, in like three days. And Aaron, John, and I, uh, you know, we're all sitting around and, and Alix, we're all sitting around and, and we're like, um, we're like, okay, well, well, what now? And John goes, let's throw it on Kickstarter. Um, and and this thing was beautiful. Like it, it was it was a mess, but it was beautiful. It was like, it, we hadn't seen it before. It was new. Like it, it was a brand new product. Um, so, you know, we, we did it and we threw it on Kickstarter. I went to the desert. I filmed this video. I thought like knowing nothing about branding, knowing nothing about marketing, what are the features about this bike that inspire me? And I thought endless, everything in this is endless. There's no limits. So every background I shot on um, every, you know, place we went, I made sure it was limitless. So the deserts are just mm. rolling with no end. The ocean is rolling with no end. Um, because I thought that's the freedom that this thing will bring. Question, Michael, with no experience in marketing or branding, how did you pitch that to the company being like, Oh, let me, let me control your, let me be, let me create all your branding and 
and you have no experience in this. How, how, how did you, how did you push that and was able to sell you getting 1% of that company? I do think to an extent I have the ability to communicate well, but I also think that a large part of it was that their branding and marketing was like iPhone photos at the time. So they didn't have any. So for me to come in and, and have wedding video experience to them, that was invaluable because they they didn't have that asset on their team at the time. Um, they had really brilliant designers. They had really brilliant engineers. They didn't have a content creator. And so... And you had all that body of work. I had a huge, yeah, yeah. a huge resume. So it was a no brainer for them. I wasn't asking for any money. I wasn't, you know, asking for much except 1% and 1% of a struggling company is it's not that much. Um, so for them, it was, it was easy for them to say, yes. I remember Aaron says now, like after I left, he was like, we're never going to see that guy again. Cause he thought after that first meeting that I was going to be out and that, and Aaron was like, whatever, like that guy is just kind of like trying to, you know, talk big, get in with companies. And I was like, "Eh, it was what I was trying to do. Um, but I, I just chose to never leave. That was the thing. A lot of people over the years, with, especially with startups, you just can't handle it. Um, startups are not an overnight success. No. And behind every overnight success is years and years and years of hard work. Um, and we wouldn't be here if it weren't for the years that Aaron, John, Alix, um, that whole team put into Nimble um, because we wouldn't have had the platform to launch Super 73 off of. So I came in, you know, I came in a couple late, a couple years late into the story. Um, with you know I, I spent about a year with nimble and then with lithium cycles so yeah we launched that kickstarter video um so wait so so john makes the bike mm-hmm. the death machine bike mm-hmm. and then you guys start a kickstarter off that? so yeah so john was like what can you do with this and he gave me the bike and i was like well i need two of them so he knocked out another one super fast these things are they were so raw like they were spray painted black they were so garage made products so it was hard to shoot them because i i only wanted to shoot them in the right angles because if if you shoot it how it is you can tell it's that it's a couple dudes made it in their garage um oh yeah you were saying that we uh you decided to go with the like limitless theme mm -hmm. yeah 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 so so the way i shot it all the photos all the videos was everything had to be endless and wide open um i didn't want any traffic even though these things are amazing for beating traffic i didn't want to even give the viewer a thought of traffic uh, I knew that 99% of the people that bought this bike were not going to be tearing through the Mojave Desert um, going 30 miles an hour or, you know, cruising along the beach. A lot of them are probably riding it to their desk job. But I knew that I needed to tell them like, hey, this is possible for you if you have this product. It's all about, all right, well, what can this product do for you? Especially in this day and age when you have 15 choices on every one thing you want. Yeah. You know, you've got a road mic and a road stand here. You have 40 other choices on, on who you could have had here. Um, there's something that this product did that caused you to want to choose that one over the rest, um, whether it's price, quality, branding, whatever that is. So that was the same thing with the Super 73. I was like, let's not focus on price. Let's not even focus on specs. Um, if you look at the video, there's really no talk about specs on the bike. It's all about experience. It's about feeling. And that really resonated with people because we did not know what we were doing. We launched a Kickstarter campaign. We raised half, uh, close to half a million in a month. And that was with no advertising, no networking no creators helping us out it was just a couple dudes who accidentally made a really cool video with a really cool product um and that's that's kind of what launched us which is really really inspiring um that video got about three million views which was phenomenal i the 
you know, I had been doing weddings, which get viewed 20 times. Yeah. Like, and so to have people looking at what we're doing was, we were so lucky. Like we felt so lucky to have that. Um, and we really didn't want to blow it. So we got to work. We said, all right, shut down nimble. Um, we had, like I said, there was like nine or 10 partners there. So instead of, you know, launching it through nimble, we thought, all right, well, we need to start something new. Lithium cycles is what we're going to start. We have a small team. Um, why, why did you shut down Nimble? What made you choose to start yeah, a new company? So there was a bunch of people that had kind of gotten tired of the journey. Um, oh, with okay. Nimble, it was it was exhausting. I don't, I don't blame them one bit. Um, there were a lot of people there that had kind of come and go. And as a result, there was a lot of equity there that had kind of come and go as well. Got it. And you can't get that equity back. It just becomes very hard to work with. So while those people, you know... I hate that they had to go off and, you know, land that desk job to pay bills. Yeah. Um, you just kind of, you have to kind of start something new. So from the ashes of Nimble, uh, lithium cycles kind of rose. And there was Got a it. much smaller trimmed down team, uh, n very low overhead. I mean, we were really working on like bare bones stuff. Uh, and that kind of is what caused us to, to survive. The ship was sinking in a way. So throwing everything overboard allowed us to kind of make it to the island. Um, and, uh, you know, we, it's all part of the story. It's all part of like, okay, well, what's the road to success? Um, and I think, you know, just that drive to not give up to say, I'm not going to make any money today, but I'm still going to go sit there for 10 hours and see what I can do. Yeah, man. It's really hard to do. There's not a lot of people that are willing to just put in work. Yeah. Without like that reward Definitely. or like the instant reward, you know? Definitely. And I actually had a business partner with me at my little branding thing that I started called Acros, uh, Acros Media, um, I had another partner. And during the course of Nimble, he was like, dude, I can't do this. I can't not make a paycheck. I want to make a paycheck. And I was like, well, that's not what this is about. I, I can't get a paycheck for you. Um, and he goes, all right, just give me, you know, give me 600 bucks and you can have the rest of my 1%. You can have the half percent I own. So that was even another case of, well, I had this guy that I like, I loved this dude. Like we were yeah. like, we were like brothers and um, I had to like watch him go. I had to watch him say, well, I need to go back to Costco because um, I, I just want a paycheck. Yeah, he I tapped out. To, yeah, exactly. Which, you know, like no shame on him. Like no, you got to make your money where you got to make your money. Absolutely. Um, and his time, you know, like I, I always think like if you never stop working, well, eventually you're going to make it. Like you're going to keep falling forward. So, you know, his time will come. He's got a different story to tell. Uh, That's I, a great attitude, man. I, I, I think so. Um, because, I, you know, I, I like to have faith in people and I like to have faith that like, well, everybody's kind of got their own story. So while his isn't lithium cycles, um, you know, something will come of it. And he's a great dude. And, you know, maybe we'll be able to work together in the future. But lithium cycles wasn't his baby, you know. Exactly. And so I ended up buying him out for $600 um, like two months before John built that first bike. So... You know, it was the story of the guy digging for gold and giving up a foot. Yeah, exactly. He that, hit the chest. That's exactly what I'm thinking about. Yeah, man. Um, so it's it's kind of it. It's so, inspiring, but it's a bummer. So then, at this point, I mean, yeah, it's definitely a bummer. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I just so like me and Patrick, mm -hmm. we're constantly grinding. We're constantly working it, yeah. all the time. It's just nonstop. Like right now, it's eight fourteen. Mm -hmm. I live in Jersey. Oh, geez, dude. Yeah, and like my commute is like an hour long hour 15 Jeez. but then like you know tomorrow i'm gonna be here by 7 30 8 o'clock 
you know, it, it, you just do whatever you got, mm-hmm. you do whatever you got to do. And I feel like the potential of this job and, and like the people I'm around, I, I meet you, I meet all kinds of like very interesting and creative people that are all successful. And I just feel like that's the type of people and environment I want to be around. So I'm going to sacrifice whatever I need to sacrifice to put myself in, in this position. Definitely. And I, I think that's that mentality you have to have. And you, you know, wouldn't absolutely. be here because I think a lot of people would say I'd kill for that opportunity and they'd be gone in two months. Yeah, um, absolutely. Because I see the way you guys work. Um, you know, I did that that Star Wars speeder bike shoot uh, with Jesse with Jesse and Casey last October. And Patrick was there running around. Yep. I mean, I saw the work, Sam even, the work that Sam put into that video um, and it's, it's, it's at times it's thankless because you don't get a formal thank you. You don't really get no. a ton of recognition, but what you are getting is this networking opportunity, this like step forward in your career. It doesn't matter if it's a lateral step, as long as you're still moving, yep. that's how you get to success. It's the people who stop moving. Um, lateral steps are phenomenal. I would say that moving over to nimble was a lateral step, if not a step back. Um, I had my own two bedroom apartment in orange County, which is Nice. So hard to come by. So hard to come by. I gave that up. And for the last three years, I've been living with two other roommates in a little, in a little tiny apartment. Like I, I live in a 10 by 10 room, which, you know, it's, I shouldn't be complaining about it because it's still plenty it's, of space. It's still, it's a, it's a huge step down, exactly. but I'm still moving. Um, and that was, that was the decision I had to make too, which, you know, my business partner couldn't make that decision. He had a lifestyle he wanted to live. He had car payments on a car he wanted to keep. Um, what's great about me is, you know, those days where I was overdrawn $700 and like, how am I going to get $700 just to get back to zero? I have this mentality of, well, they can't take anything more from me when there's no money in my bank and the bills hit, they can't do anything. So when money, when you, when you allow money to be powerless, you can work 15 hours a day and not care. Um, because once you've quote lost everything, you, you, you can give your entire self because there's nothing holding you back. Um, and that's that idea of throwing everything off the ship except what's keeping you floating. And yeah. that was, I mean, that's the startup lifestyle. I mean, people see our bikes all around. They see, you know, successful people using our bikes. Um, so they automatically think, oh, well, these guys are super rich. Um, I cannot tell you how many DMs I get from girls who would never have given me the time of day if they didn't see a picture of me and Will Smith or me and Post Malone. The truth is like, I can't even take those girls out to a nice dinner right now, but that's, but like, they don't know that because people just see cool things and they, they, they equate it with money and success. Um, I'm sure you guys, like you guys are grinding too. Like you tell me you live in Jersey. Um, yeah, but people see you with Casey and they see you doing cool stuff and they're like, dude, you can easily pay for dinner with like, take us out to dinner, you know, stuff like that. And it, it's that mentality of people see, see what you're doing and it's cool. So that equals money. But the truth is that's so rare. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's, we get paid in passion. Um, dude, that's great. And I, well, I think, I think that's what allows us to stay functioning. That's why, you know, people like my old business partner, um, passion wasn't enough for him. Like that wasn't something that he could cash in. Um, which, okay, that's his road. Um, and that's totally fine. But I think if you can put yourself in the mindset of saying, well, okay, what I'm getting paid today is that I get to do something really cool. That's payment enough. As long as you're not, you know, homeless, I would say at a certain extent, no, there's, totally. there's time where you do need to make money. 
Um, but if you have a roof over your head, stay here it's till not- nine, 10 o'clock and record a podcast, get here early in the morning and, and get that footage you need to get. Exactly. So at, at this point now, you, you guys started the Kickstarter mm-hmm. and you raised how much again? So we raised 460,000, I believe. 440,000. In how long? 30 days. 30 days. Which was, it blew us away. And we then couldn't. At, and then at that point you stopped, you stopped we Nimble. Closed it. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we closed Nimble. Um, we said no more scooters. We actually still have some scooters. Uh, we have inventory in boxes still because um, we love the idea. I think someday that idea is going to catch on. Um, I do think the product might have been ahead of its time. They're these like, without giving away too much, um, they're industrial scooters that allow you to carry cargo around, but they're very nimble, oh, that's awesome. which is why the company's called Nimble. Got it. Great idea. Great team. Wrong time. Um, but we still own it. We still have the patents and stuff. So... Um, Every single day, like something will come up and we'll be like, wait, is this a good fit for Nimble? Um, Because we do want to kind of resurrect that someday. Uh, But right now it's bikes. Right now it's lithium cycles, Super 73. So yeah, we launched. What made you guys get into um, electric stuff? Because I feel like, so I ordered a boosted board. Mm -hmm. I ordered a Super 73. Mm -hmm. And riding around in a boosted board in the suburbs, I just keep thinking, I'm like, oh man, this is is the future. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like, what makes it so cool is it's it's basically an RC toy that which everybody loved playing with when you're a kid, but you can get on yeah, it. Yeah, that's that's a super cool way to, to look at it. I actually haven't thought about that. You know what I mean? That that's what these are. Like that's really cool. The boosted boards and, and the super seventy threes. It's the future for like it's a serious means of transportation. Mm-hmm. It's not just a toy. Yeah. Cause I was so my plan is with the Super Seventy Three when I when when it comes in. When did you order it? Um, I ordered it maybe like four weeks ago. Okay. All right, cool. I'll I was, tell, I was telling you, um, yeah. I, orig- I originally, I wanted the, uh, the original Super mm-hmm. 73, but oh, only yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Scouts were out. We talked about and this. And so I bought the Scout. And then mm-hmm. just recently I saw that the originals came back. And I was like, fuck. We can, I told you, like, we'll, we'll get it all figured out for you. Thanks, um, man. Yeah. But, but what I'm, what I'm planning to do with the, that bike is use that as like my summer bike to get around mm-hmm. in my town. Like I'm not even going to drive my car. Yeah no honestly man these bikes like it's so hard for me to so when i'm riding these bikes around and somebody approaches me i don't identify myself as the owner of the company because i think that almost devalues the product um really why because for me to say somebody be like oh that's a really cool bike like tell me about it and for me to be like well you know i actually own the company um it now almost becomes a sales pitch got it and i don't want it to ever be that because i want to be genuine about what this bike is um I hadn't rode a bike for like 10 years. Bikes were gone. I thought I would never ride a bike again. The idea of riding a bike to me was crazy because those seats are terrible. Um, you just don't look cool. Why wouldn't I take a car? Things like that. Especially out in like, oh in, my New, gosh. in New York. It, it's, in New York, it makes sense. Yeah. Where I live in Orange County, I mean, it's still very much a desert. Um, There's also a stigma with like grown men riding bikes yes, too. You know yes. what I mean? And, and those seats, like I don't understand, like... I was going to say like, why hasn't somebody invented a new seat? But we did. So it makes sense. Um, but like, <laughs> why, like, why, why are we okay with sitting on those things? That's kind of, that was my mentality. And so riding these bikes has like changed my vibe because this is the only bike I've ever rode that makes, that gives me the same feeling as riding with the top down in a sports car. Dude. It's so right. It's, it's crazy. It's a cool, you feel cool. Yes, man. Like I was test driving the, uh, the Billy bike today. Mm-hmm after you guys uh changed the engine mm-hmm. and it's definitely it's crazy, going huh? a little like a good amount faster it's got kick and there's 
you just turn so many heads. Yeah. Because I'm just cruising down the street and everyone's like, oh, what is that? Exactly. You could be riding a pedal bike or one of those city bikes um, and you are just another bike on the street. 100%. But you're riding a Super 73 and it's the same. I got to say, like, it sounds so weird to say, but it's like driving a Ferrari. It no, really man, is where you drive by and everybody looks at you. And I, I, I grew up very like, average at everything average sports average grades not bad not good um and so to have a product that that kind of gives me a leg up has been so exciting um to be able to post pictures on my instagram of me posing like an idiot on the bike and people think it's so cool is like the coolest thing in the world because <laughs> i've never really had um that identifier that thing that kind of sets me apart from everybody else gotcha so these bikes are really that um and I don't want to be like, I put my identity in the bikes. It's not the case, but no, man. it really helps. No, that that's why one of the main reasons I purchased the bike is I just kept picturing myself yeah. riding around my town. Nobody has these bikes out yeah. in Jersey. Like nobody's yeah. even seen these bikes. Yeah. With the boosted board, even in Jersey, like most people don't even know what that is. Yeah. But in New York, like, you know, people are, are seeing it here and there. In my town, nobody's ever seen that. So they're just going to. They're just going to so look you're at still it. an early adopter. Yeah. And that, and that in itself is like a badge of honor. Exactly. Um, you're going to look cool riding it. Like it's, yeah. it's so weird, dude. Like it's a bike still. It's got two wheels. Um, you know, we make it out of steel instead of aluminum because um, that's way cooler. It is. Um, it, it can take a beating. And, you know, it's just such a personal identification product rather than um, it's not a commodity. It, it really isn't. It's it's like it's a, it's an identity it's an identifier. Um, and that's why I think, you know, Jesse Wellens helped us launch the Rose Avaline, which is yeah. just kind of like slightly different branding. If you look up hashtag super 73, it is just a bunch of people posing with their bikes. It's the weirdest thing. You never see people posing with their Trek or, um, gosh, I don't even know any other bike brand names. Um, their smart motion, things like that. Yeah. People don't pose with their pedagos. Um, but their super 73s are a part of the photo. We like Coco Rocha is a great example. She's out here in New York. Um, she was Coco Chanel's like model for the longest time. Yeah. She rode a copper plated one, uh, on fashion week on the red carpet. That's insane that a model rode a bike in fashion week. Um, see it, it's, it just shows that what you guys, the product you guys are making is just really really cool i think so yeah i i think um you know we presented it in a way that allowed people to see themselves on it i think you know there's obviously a lot of knockoffs out there now there's so yeah. many knockoff super 73s um and other companies you know from different countries claiming to do the same thing as us but the truth is they're not allowing their customer base to to understand like what it is to own one of these things it's not it's like it's like a, it's like a privilege to be able to have a Ferrari in the same way, you know, to have a super 73, it's, this is part of me now. This is like part of my outfit. This is what I choose to wear today. Yep. Um, and 100% you know, agree with that. I don't want to come off. Like I'm sounding like this is the end all be all of products. I mean, obviously I'm attached to the product, but the truth is like, it just, it, it's really not only changed my life, but we get stories from people who, who say it's changed their lives, um, which has been so exciting, especially the times where it's like, you know, I've been depressed and cooped up inside. Um, I didn't really have a reason to go outside, but now that the spike is in my garage, I just go riding randomly and I don't have a destination, but I just ride. And that is like, that's that endless thing that I was talking about. It's that give people this perception of go anywhere. It doesn't matter as long as you're going. 
there doesn't need to be anything in sight. You don't have a destination. That even ties into what you were saying with the hustle. Yeah. You know, it's oh, like, 100%. just keep moving. Just move. Yeah, just move. Just get out there. Um, change the game a little bit. Like, throw people off. Turn heads when you ride by. Be loud. Be yourself. Because I think when you are embracing the essence of who you are, that is when good things happen. Um, you know, for a long time, like, I love Star Wars. Like, I, you know, my that, Instagram is covered with Star Wars. That must have been a huge deal for you when jesse oh my gosh when I you mean, and jesse worked that on was, that video so we were sitting together in the living room i'll kind of deviate off what i was saying we were sitting together in jesse's living room thinking all right what are we going to do what's this big viral video because he had done silver surfer the year before yeah so we were throwing out all these ideas and i just over and over and over kept saying star wars speeder bikes speeder bikes speeder bikes i probably said it six or seven times and then he finally goes okay what are you talking about I pulled up a picture and I said, these showed him the speeder bikes. And from then on, he was in. So all the costumes, um, that was all done by me and my team. Um, I'm part of like the 501st Legion, which is like a, a charitable organization that okay. does like costumes and stuff. Dope. So I make Star Wars armor like in my free time. So when the call went out, <laughs> That's my awesome. it was, it's fun, man. It's super fun. It's really weird, but really fun. Um, and when the call went out to my friends, like, Hey guys, I need, I need, suits i need armor i need this and that it was done in like a week like they had all come together it's in the behind the scenes video um that's on our super 73 channel yes yeah, um everybody just came together we made the costumes got it done and then our team made the bikes and uh I yeah put, i saw how much work went into it was crazy bikes. and it was i was impressed i was like oh a lot of that's cardboard oh like 90 percent of it was <laughs> it was insane that it worked um you know ian chambers is one of our designers um he slaved away on those bikes. Um, we actually hired extra designers for that project and ended up keeping them because we liked them so much. Um, there's this guy named Chris. We call him Bondo now because all the Bondo work was him and it was so be so beautiful. Um, and yeah, it was just a really cool, you know, like it was just a mashing of passions. It was like, um, we loved Star Wars. It, it It's meant a lot to me at least. Um, and so how do we incorporate it into our bikes? And the fact that we were able to find that like avenue to do that was insane. Um, so to backtrack, sorry, I'm just mm -hmm. trying to go through the whole story of the yeah. history. Um, so you guys got the Kickstarters, stopped Nimble mm -hmm. and just started focusing and then started Lithium Cycles. And then how long ago was this? Okay, so we just passed our two year anniversary in mid-May. Um, mid, mid May was when we launched on, on Kickstarter. So we launched on Kickstarter, finish it up. We go, okay, shoot. We have like 300 bikes we need to fulfill. How do we fulfill these bikes? How do we do it? We don't have the connections in China to do it. That's a crazy pressure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, it got us to work and we decided, all right, well, we need to be American made. So we got to do them in America. We don't have the MOQs to even go to China. Um, what are MOQs? Minimum order quantity. Sorry. Got it. Um, so we didn't have the ability to go to China to go to a, like a reputable um, factory and say, okay. hey, we want to make this product. Can you help us? We couldn't even do that. So we hired a bunch of Americans, um, you know, which was initially the goal. It was if we if we couldn't do it here, we were going to go overseas, but we wanted to do it here. So we hired a bunch of Americans um, and put them to work. And six months later, all the bikes were fulfilled. Uh, which was crazy. How many, or how many orders did you... So there was like 300 and some did. odd Kickstarter backers. And then after that, they just started flooding in. Uh, in the following months, we got more orders off Kickstarter than on. 
um, because I think people were starting to see it, it was starting to pick up. And as we were shipping out bikes, for every bike we shipped out, we got three more orders because people would see their friends having these bikes and they would try them and they would be like, this is life changing. Um, and those were the original, I mean, it really is like you, some people might say like, Oh, he's just saying that cause he's the owner of the co-owner co- <laughs> of no, no. But to vouch for that, when I saw that Casey had had one and I rode it around town, meeting, right? just I bought one. Dude, I got to say, earlier today, I was testing out that copper bike, and that copper bike used to be my personal bike. For for those of you listening, that copper bike pop, pops up in a lot of content out here in yeah. New York because it kind of gets cycled through the creators, um, and it was a little bit beat up. So we fixed it up, test rode it, and I was riding down Broadway, and I was going to turn on, was it, Franklin? Mm-hmm. So I was going to turn on Franklin, and I power slid around the corner and like drifted and hit that throttle again, and this girl like whooped at me, like she cheered as I did it like and it was just that's like why I love this thing is that like it lets you be so you it lets you kind of have that freedom to adventure like I'm not very very adventurous person but the fact that I can be tearing down Broadway like a state that I don't live in like power slide around a corner gun it down another street and people are cheering is like the coolest thing in the world I was just gonna say that just shows how cool that is it exactly and and it, it is it's like the fact that somebody else Cause I don't know, like if you're power sliding on a bike, I like, I would feel kind of lame doing that. (laughs) And if I hadn't gotten a cheer, I might've felt lame as well. Um, but the fact that somebody else was like, that's really cool. Like that was sick. Um, that says a lot. I think about the product. Yeah, man. I, I, like I said, I think your guys product is one of the coolest things I've ever seen. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. We're so like, we're just so lucky that like people have decided to love it, you know? So that, that was the next thing I wanted to get into was. How did you start getting involved with YouTubers mm-hmm. and influencers? And- Andy Milanakis. Andy Milanakis. <laughs> um, little known fact, Andy Milanakis built this brand, um, which I think is so funny. Uh, we had just finished our Kickstarter campaign, and an email comes in from Andy Milanakis. And I was like, there's no way. There's no way. And before that, we had had no <laughs> celebrity, like nothing, like um a basketball player, like a second string basketball player from like Minnesota bought one on Kickstarter, but like that was it. Um, there was nobody in the creative space who had really gotten into it yet. And Andy was like, yo, I love your bikes. Can you come to Venice and show me and my buddy them? And I was like, uh, yeah, I'll be there like literally right now. I'll get in the car right this minute. So I drove up to Venice. How far is from Venice? From, so Venice from Beach just, just so uh, people from have Orange County with LA traffic is like an hour and a half. Okay. So I threw them in the back of my Hyundai Accent that I had at the time, like literally crammed two bikes into the hatchback, um, drove them up, got out there, and it was Andy Milanakis. I was blown away. I was like, I'm for sure being like goofed or something. <laughs> um, and he had his buddy with him, Jesse. Yeah, because they're, they they're like, they're like they're in the same apartment. Yeah, they yeah. lived in the same building. And I was like, there's no way that's Jesse. I watched this dude on, on YouTube in high school. Um, also you were a fan of, Oh, Jesse. I knew Jesse. Well, um, I kind of come from like, I mean, I was like obsessed with YouTube in like 2007, 2008, like that old crew. Um, yeah, I mean, he's one of the OGs. Yeah. Of like vlogging. Oh yeah. 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 And then like, there was that, that, that group, um, they formed the station. I don't know if you remember that with like Lisa Nova, Shay Carl, Philip DeFranco, Shane Dawson, like that whole like original YouTube core. No, I'm not familiar with that. So there was old school, man. Like, the days of smosh um back when they were you know a big thing um i'm sure there's one or two people who remember that but um so this was big to me i was like this is jesse and uh we kind of kept in touch we got on their bikes 
Um, Which bikes did you give him? We gave him originals. Yeah, original what color? gray. That's all we could do. Nice. We we were making one color. Um, we we're making two. We were doing a couple oranges. We went, but we really didn't like the orange. There's only like five or six orange ones out there still, which makes it pretty rare. Yeah, I was and say, I see limited. them pop up on eBay sometimes, and they go for like four thousand bucks. Wow. Um, which is so cool. Uh, the gray one. That's what Jesse rides now, right? Yeah. So Jesse's borrowing a gray one because we're building him like a super bike right now. <sighs> Yeah, because he kind of he tends to tear through bikes too, not in the same way as Casey. Jesse just rides for like six hours a day, so when you ride that much uh, by the salt water by the ocean, got it. The bikes tend to kind of you know the pain will kind of get thin stuff like that. So we like to kind of like keep changing the vibe every now and then. Um, so yeah, so 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 yeah, you met so Andy. We met Andy, met Jesse. Didn't hear from him for like I don't know four or five months, and then Jesse hits us up and he goes, "Yo, Andy sold me his bike." Um, so I got two of them now, but they need some work. And I was like, I'll come tune them up. So Aaron and I got in the car, we went up and tuned them up and we kind of started developing this relationship with Jesse Wellens, um, just through fixing his bike, nothing else. It was like, we had 10 minutes here and there, 10 minutes here and there. Um, and then we kind of started to become friends with him because they were early bikes. So they just needed work. Um, we didn't, I mean, we had never really made a, a consumer product bike obviously before we'd made consumer products, but not a bike. And so we just didn't know that there were some things that we needed to tweak. Um, so Jesse was a great like use case. So we made the buy or we, we kind of made friends with Jesse. And then one day I remember talking to him and I was like, well, would you ever want to co-brand anything? And he goes, I would slap Rose Ave on this. And I was like, well, we're going to launch this new bike. And this was about a year ago. I was like, we're going to launch this new bike. Would you want to like launch it with us we cannot pay you anything because we're broke like we were a startup um but we would love to kind of work with you so um you know jesse i think being as wise as he is nowadays um just because he's been in the space for so long he jumped at it he was like yeah i want a co-brand you guys have a rad product we threw rose Ave on some bikes put it up uh put it up online and we i mean we sold nearly a thousand of them in 30 days and that Sick. was just off of one of Jesse's video. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty exciting because that was our first like taste at like a mainstream product. Because the the Super Seventy Threes we'd maybe sell like one or two a week. Yeah. They were just really expensive. They're like thirty two hundred bucks. Um, so we sold one or two a week. And oh, and the Rose Ave bike that was the, the first Rose, Scout. Yeah, so the Rose Ave was the first. Uh, the we called it Scout at the time. We got a cease and desist, so we just kind of bailed on that name and we changed really? it to S one. Yeah, it wasn't. It wouldn't have held up. Um, but still, just to. Yeah, it was a. It was a. It was a brand called Scott, and they make like snowboard gear, and they okay. tried to say that the names were too similar. And I'm calling them out on this because they're they're pretty lame for doing that. Like we weren't <laughs> we weren't at all encroaching on their space, but like we just didn't want to deal with it, so we. We were like, all right, we'll call it the S1. So we decided to name it the S1. Um, and then they continued and they said, well, we have gloves that are called the Scott S1. And I was Yikes. like, dude. <laughs> but uh, it's all good now. We got it handled. Um, just weird stuff that pops up that you'd never expect would be an issue. Um, so yeah, we made the Rose Ave. Oops, sorry. We made the Rose Ave. Uh, it did really, really well. We ended up like working a deal out with Jesse where we're like, well, we can give you stuff on the back end. Like we can give you percentage of sales, things like that. And he was super cool with it. Um, which kind of like set the tone for how we work with creators, which has been really rad. Um, which I think a lot of brands aren't, aren't thinking about a ton right now. Um, because it's so much just throw money at this, throw money at that, Yeah. but we don't have deep pockets. Um, so yeah, so we did the Rose Ave collab. It went just amazingly. And then that kind of got the cycle going. 
Um, yeah, because I saw I saw now that Jesse gave Post Malone a bike. Yeah, so that Post Malone bike was interesting, and Jesse and Super Seventy Three have been very interesting partners because, I mean, who doesn't Jesse know? Like he's yeah. been around for so long, he knows everybody. But the thing is, like Jesse always says, I don't want to do a project with them unless I have a reason. I don't want to just approach someone and be yep. like, can I make a video with you? Because yep. he's been doing it for 10 years now. So he goes, the Super 73 is the key that opens the door that allows me to talk to anybody I want to talk to, which is so cool. It's such a cool collaboration because we can kind of feel like, well, okay, well, cool. We're giving back to Jesse as well. He's helping us out. We're helping him out. So the Post Malone bike, that was done like a year ago. Um, I, we had a bike gold plated and it sat in our warehouse for the longest time because we couldn't figure out how to give it to Bruno Mars. So that bike was originally supposed to go to Bruno Mars. Originally, the reason why we gold plated a bike was we were like the song 24 Karat by Bruno Mars just came out. It's called 24 Karat, right? Yeah. 24 Karat gold. Yeah. Something like that. So it was perfect. And then it just never happened. So, you know, a couple months later I was like, well, Post Malone is like my favorite up and coming person. I want to get it to Post Malone. And I just kept like tagging him on Instagram, posting pictures of it, trying to like get his attention. And it kind of started to go around. And there was a bunch of YouTubers that saw it. Um, some of them actually came down to our shop and um, like made videos about the bike and stuff, which was really cool. It was really cool publicity. Um, I don't know if you know who Garrett Watts is. He's I've heard of him. So yeah, so Garrett and I go way back to the days of Vine. Um, okay. Which is just so weird. But Yeah, um, right to say yeah, that. Yeah, it's so random. But he actually came down, did a whole video about Post Malone's bike, um, which was really cool. And that kind of got more traction, more traction. And then at a certain point, one of Jesse's videographers was like, dude, I know a dude who knows a dude who (laughs) might be able to get you in because he might know the guy working security at Post Malone's music video in Palm Springs on the week of Coachella. And I said, let's go. If there's a 1% chance, let's go. So we loaded the bikes up. I mean, you can watch the video like Jesse did. Um, It worked. Like it's we great, got man. in and it was so weird. We, Jesse and I joked like in phases, you know, like we, we made it to Coachella phase one. We made it through the gates of Post Malone's music video phase two. Um, Post Malone is 10 feet away. Phase three. Wait for six hours while he's doing his music video phase four. Things like that. So it was like it was not as easy as just rolling up and giving it to him. It's really hard to give away a twenty five thousand dollar bike. We, we didn't know it'd be so difficult. Um, Wait, so that bike is twenty five. That's that's what it's valued at. Yeah, because it's actual twenty four karat gold. Um, Interesting. obviously we didn't pay that much for it because we could never and would never pay that much for it, but just market value. Yeah. Got it's it. 20, it's 25,000. Um, it's electroplated, which is pretty cool. Um, that's so wild projects man. like that. I mean, just the ability to say yes to everything and the ability to have control over who we work with in what capacity we work with them. It's really kind of given us this ability to be flexible. Um, you know, in the same with Casey, like Casey's like, yeah, or, or, you hit us up and you're like, Casey's bikes are broken, right? Yeah, no, it's just, so Casey's pink bike was broken mm-hmm. and the copper one had a flat. Mm-hmm. And um, I know Sam knew Aaron. Yeah. Oh, and just to tie Aaron back, Aaron is the Asian guy with the spiky hair. Aaron the, is so, the dude so. <laughs> who laughed me out of the meeting, who was like, that guy won't ever be back. And now we're like best friends. Every project we do, we do together. Um, you know, like he was supposed to come out to New York. Yeah. So he three days before he came out here, he goes, bro, I can't make it. And I was like, I got you. I'll go do it. What do you need me to do? Um, we very much like operate in that. It's, it's funny. We're from completely different worlds. We have completely different interests, but like it's, it's crazy how this journey has like brought us so close together. Um, yeah. When Aaron was supposed to come here, I just, 
I just took the initiative because I, I, I saw that the super 73s were broken. Mm-hmm. They were, they were having issues. And, um, I was just like, you know what? I know Sam knows Aaron. Let me just reach out. Yeah. And I know Patrick knows Aaron. And that's just like, that's what we were talking about earlier with like, just kind of hustling and meeting people and moving and creating and yeah. collaborating. Like I've got a group of friends in New York that I see a few times a year because of the work, because of work, you know? So, um, the fact that I can kind of roll up and be like, all right, well, I'm going to text you or I'm going to text Patrick yeah. or Sam yeah. and we're going to get something rolling is so cool. And X, um, do you know Xavier, um, shoot with X? No. So he filmed Sam's, uh, review on our bike. Okay. And we were like, dude, we, we really like this guy. Crazy story. He also filmed the Rose Ave video that Jesse did. The reason why he did that was because a few years back he was at this music festival Jesse Wellens approached him and goes, yo, I see you got badges. Can I buy them off you? X had made counterfeit badges to the music festival. And he goes, yeah, give me like 50 bucks. And so he sold Jesse some counterfeit badges. They didn't work. Like he went to go scan through. They didn't work. Oh. So Jesse didn't get in. Flash forward to a year ago. X is in New York on an elevator. In walks Jesse Wellens into that same elevator. And he goes, yo, didn't you scam me? like a year ago for some badges on a festival. And X was like, oh my gosh, I did, dude. It's good to see you again. Just owned it. It was just like, what's going on? What's up? And Jesse was like, I mean, this guy's like, he's owning it. So I'm not going to be mad at it. See, um, no, and dude, there's something to say about that. Like, oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and that's great. Jesse was like, well, do you shoot? And X was like, yeah, I got, I got my Sony here. He goes, well, I'm doing this bike video. Can you help me shoot it? <sighs> Crazy. Right. Um, and X was like, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so he ended up filming that video. We liked him so much. He moved to LA and now he's our videographer. Wow. For like all of our projects. Wow. <laughs> really? And that just comes from like hustling and networking and exactly. making friends everywhere you go. Exactly. And it just shows like you should always value every person you meet because if you're working and they're working, there is a capacity that you can work together yep. and do better. Um, you know, if I had, if I had said, I'm making a killing doing weddings. Why would I ever go to a startup? I would be so miserable right now. I would be doing weddings, but I'd be so miserable. No disrespect to wedding videographers no, you or could wedding disre- photographers. You could disrespect it a little bit. <laughs> but man, dude, that's why I I quit that. Mm-hmm. And I just, like when I got this job with Casey, I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, there's... I there's, hated it. Yeah, it's, it's a weird kind of anxiety. Um, you're dealing with people on the biggest day of their lives, which they care everything about, and you just can't care that much about it. It's, oh my God, nailed it right on the head. <laughs> and there's just this level of phoniness mm-hmm. that I just can't, like, I can't do it. Yeah, I hope Every, I don't get in trouble, but the, all the times I've said, this is the greatest wedding I've ever been to, because I felt like I had to say that. And I was here to photographer saying, oh, this is perfect. Oh yeah, beautiful, perfect, perfect. It's, I, I mm. always hear perfect, this is mm-hmm. great, and it's just it's just an automatic yeah, machine. Yeah, which is so just... necessary in that industry. It's yes. so necessary because it's, a, it's an entire trillion-dollar industry based on emotions. I mean, name another one. I, I don't know of another industry that's based so much on emotions. <sighs> um, and I, I, feel like, I feel like every videographer or photographer that's, that does weddings, they didn't they didn't like aspire. It's not their dream. Exactly. It's, 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 it's like a wedding singer. You know what it is? It's that it, it com- um, comfort breeds complacency. Yes. And they get comfortable. 
and then they stop achieving. They stop reaching for the dreams, which I've got like my best friends in the world are wedding photographers. They're a couple, husband and wife. They've been doing it for like 10, 15 years. Super lucrative. They're really good at it. Super lucrative. They're really good at it, but they've got... What what is that? Is that... It's outside. It's out in the way. Oh, anyway, sorry. Um, about that. No, no, no. It's good. They've they've got their system, but they've also they now like do conferences and they're like trying to photograph like like so they'll they'll do these. Um, I get all my Star Wars friends together and they photograph us in armor because they need those like creative outlets because weddings kind of suck you dry. <laughs> um, you know, again, nothing against the industry. I just felt I felt kind of like a hack charging 4000 I felt so bad dude these people are like spending their life savings on a wedding and I was coming in here you have really good morals man dude like, uh, so like you didn't sue Costco no so my my you feel face, bad about yeah. charging $4000 <laughs> per wedding when um, people are out there charging like 10 grand yeah eight I'm, grand. I'm uh my faith is pretty strong I'm 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 a believer and I I kind of I try to live I try to live you know uh, a great life and and according to you know i mean uh, whether you believe in jesus or not like the man led an amazing life and so the way i do business the way i work with people it kind of all circles back to that which has definitely hurt me in the past um because i think i mean well that dude was crucified so you saw how it ended for him yeah um but it i think in the long run Peace. having see you later Having, having, you know, high morals, um, you know, whether you are a believer or not does pay off. It's not instant. It's not instant gratification because instant gratification is take the money and run. But having a strong set of morals, um, no matter what your faith or your belief system, uh, I think it benefits you in the long run. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, it, it, again, it's the guilt. The guilt got me, man. It was like, I can't be charging (laughs) Jake and Sarah who are 23 and 24 years old, $4,000 when they can't even pay their credit card bill. And they're like opening up new credit cards to pay off their wedding. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. It's a really bad industry. That's so real. That's so real. And in Orange County, like Orange County is a horrible place when it comes to money. It's like throw money at everything. Everybody there is like $100,000 in debt. At least. Um, All my friends came out of school. Like they went to really good schools. All my friends have like $180,000 in debt. It's insane. It's it's absolutely insane. Um, and then these are the ones throwing these huge weddings and just adding on to the debt, adding on to the debt. You can't buy a house because a, a decent no, house is 800 to a million. And I'm talking like a three bedroom. Um, so yeah, like it's 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 just a rough place. And like you said, like it's just, it, it drains your soul and it drains your passion. So I was happy to get out of that world. Um, this is quite the opposite. There's no money, but it's all passion. Um, so, and I can sleep well at night knowing I'm not like screwing anyone over. And so like I said, dude, good. you're you're making some of the coolest products out there. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I look at them all the bikes that are out there. I look at them like my babies, and I'm so proud of them. Um, when I see a bike in a photo that kind of blows up, I feel like a proud parent. You know, like I understand why my mom posts photos of me on social media now because I see a picture of my bike doing something cool, like the copper bike. Like that was my personal bike and I gave it up for a cause. And now it's out here like living its own life, doing really cool stuff. Yeah, I'm now like a, I'm a proud dad. Now it's in three, six, eight, it's in three, six, eight, which it's just, it's just there. It's, it's crazy because it's become an everyday thing to me. But if I pull myself six feet up and look down on myself right now with no context, like what kind of life am I living? It's insane that I was just hanging out 
um, with Casey Neistat talking business, building bikes in his, in his shop and now doing a podcast with you. When you look at these things with no context, it really helps you to appreciate them a lot more because that's the Michael that was stuck to a pizza display in what world am I doing this? Right. Like the, like I got rejected from the air force Academy. Um, I I didn't know. So yeah, I wear that proudly. Um, I got rejected for not being competitive enough. I just didn't have enough things on my, um, like I made it through the first couple rounds, but when it came down to let's break down your, your application, um, I didn't have enough extracurriculars, which is crazy. I was so close to becoming an air force pilot. That was like my dream. That's pretty dope. That's a dope dream. It was my dream was to fly warthogs. Like I got a little warthog tattoo on my, on my, uh, on my wrist. Dude, you Um, have some gnarly tattoos. Is that a spaceship? Yeah. So I have a couple of A-wings right here. I got a goldfish. Um, So basically part of my journey while I was doing like weddings and stuff was, um, you know, before I found Nimble, I was like, I want I want tattoos, but I don't want to pay for them. So I started trading tattoo artists, videos and photos and things like that. So all my tattoos, I'm covered. Um, they're all free. So they're all kind of goofy because um, I never felt like I could be the person that was like, well, let me add this super deep meaning. Like I just, for some reason, can't work on that level. Yeah. So I'm like, give me a goldfish, dude. <laughs> I, I really like goldfish or, or give me a slice of pizza. Um, so my tattoos are kind of weird, but like this, this bike, um, I got that after we successfully completed our Kickstarter campaign. So everything's kind of, I mean, it's all kind of got reason, but. So where did, where did the inspiration for the Super 73 come from? You were saying it's from 70s bikes? Yeah. So back in the 70s, there was these mini bikes um, and mini bike, the, the craze was out of control. People were taking these really small frames, putting small wheels on them and putting small engines in them. A lot of times they're like um, lawnmower engines. Bingo. So that is something that. Wait, what is it? Can I st- it's a 1970 JC Penny. Look at that seat. That's kind of like the iconic seat that we use. For some reason, it went out of style, and I don't know why because it's so comfortable. Wow. Yeah, crazy, right? And that's a bike that that Frank, the 50-year-old plumber, can build in his garage on the weekends. <laughs> it was like this family project across America. Um, everybody was building these bikes, and everybody was hurting themselves on these bikes. Um, but it was like part of like everyone's childhood. We were working with these... Um, manufacturers right now who uh they they invented micro micro machines do you remember that micro machines back in like the 90s i, th- I think so micro machines was of course star wars they were my jams micro you'll recognize machines? it yeah yes yes okay this yeah. was like the 90s right here yeah so we're working with them and the reason why they came up to us and approached us was like you have a cool product i had one growing up and i, I broke my leg on it and i'll never forget that it was like that that emotional connection he made with our company. Um, he was like, I got to work with you guys. You guys have so much nostalgia, but it's such a futuristic product. It makes no sense. Let's figure out where it can land. It's awesome, man. So, so we've gotten, just because of the way it looks, it's so different. Of course, you get the copycats too. There's so many people trying to do it now. Um, but I think what they're not doing is there's no soul to their company. We pride ourselves and we value like soul. Um, soul power. Um, like what can humans do rather than what can a company do? We don't ever put a, like a, our company doesn't have its own face. Our company is every employee who works in our shop in Tustin, California. Um, and I think that's why people like Casey are so eager to work with us is because it's, we're so transparent in being a bunch of like struggling 20 somethings in a warehouse in Tustin. And you're 
product, like I said, is fucking really cool, <laughs> man. It's Thanks. a really cool product. Thank you. And and I think whenever I think of like electric electric uh, transportation devices, the top brands I think are Lithium Cycles with the Whoa. Super Seventy Three and Boosted Boards. Thanks, man. That means a ton. Like you know, like I've we've seen a bunch of other stuff. Casey gets sent a yeah, whole I bunch of it. stuff, and then it's just the other boards and the other bikes just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. I I knew that I, I you know obviously I watched Casey. Um, I didn't want to send him a bike too early. We had bikes, but I didn't want to send him a bike too early because I knew how important it was to make sure that like what we sent him was what we pride ourselves on. Um, and I also wanted it to be at the right time. Like I didn't want to come in out of nowhere um, as just another company. So that's why it took so long. That, those bikes were done for a year. But the reason why it took so long was because we wanted the right entrance. So when we built that relationship with Jesse. Jesse was like, dude, obviously Casey needs this. I'll make sure he gets them. I actually came out to New York two or three times in an attempt because there was a 1% chance I could meet him. And I failed all those times. It didn't happen. Um, but we kept coming back because we knew the value of what Casey could do for our brand. Oh, yeah. um, and we knew that if he did an honest review of the bike, the credibility that came with that, you, I mean, where else can you find that? I don't know another creator that comes with that level of credibility. So it was worth it to come out to New York in a snowstorm and sit here for three days and then go back home. Like literally sit in my hotel room for three days waiting for a call. Don't get it. Go back home. It was worth that because we knew the value of what this could become. So you guys are operating on like potential. Oh, yeah. The whole th- every every time I've ever gotten in my car and said, here we go. Um, it's just because there's a one percent chance. Will Smith is a great example. Dude, I would love to tell you that story because it's please, outrageous. Dude, please, um, Unilad tried to buy the rights the other day. I love your stories, man. Your stories Thank are you. like, <laughs> um, and dude, I think these are great. I think it's just because we we're not a normal company. You know, I'll get a call and I'll be like, "Hey, John, what do you think about this?" And he goes, "Uh, go for it," and I'll be on a plane the next day. Um, I booked my ticket the day before I left for New York, even because everything is just so last minute. I just got in from Georgia a couple days before I left for New York because we had another project over there. So it's just all about like, okay, there's maybe a gap I can sneak into over here. Let me try. Oh, didn't make it. All right. Let me go over on this side and try. Um, when most people are trying to find time to relax, you're (laughs) out there trying to find more moves and more ways that you could sneak more things to do. I, I think about it. Um, live like no one today so you can live like no one tomorrow. That's a quote I really like. And it means like live your life today in a way that none of your peers are doing it so that in the future you can live your life in a way that none of your peers are doing it. What that means is be broke now, hustle now, chill out later, dude. I can chill out when I'm 50. If I make it to 50, I'll chill. Um, It's about sacrifice, man. Exactly. That's the mentality. Ultimately. ultimately. That's the mentality. Um, Like the Will Smith thing. Great example. Yes, please, please tell me that. It's Thursday. It's Thursday in Orange County at like four o'clock. The day is wrapping up. And I get a call from this unknown number, and I was like, I'm just going to pick it up. It's this, it's this Australian dude named Aaron, and he goes, hey, I'm, uh, you're probably not going to believe this. I'm Will Smith's personal trainer. He loves your bikes. He's in Miami until Sunday. It's Thursday at 4 o'clock. He goes, what can you do? <laughs> and I was like, like Will, like Will Smith, like, like iRobot Will Smith, Independence Day Will Smith. And he goes, yeah. And I was like, all right, I'm on my way didn't have any way to back up that this guy was who he said he was. Like literally <laughs> I Google searched him and I was like, well, this guy is from Australia and he is a personal trainer. 
could could be him. <laughs> I got on a plane. But you have no way of knowing that he's tied to Will Smith. Dude, I almost have no way of even getting two bikes to Miami in 24 hours. Like, that's how crazy it was. So, it's Thursday at 4. I go into full, like, crazy mode. I'm with Josh right now. Josh is our lead mechanic out here in New York. Um, I brought him out here. Shout out to Josh. Shout out to Josh, dude. That dude hustles. On the Star Wars project, he caught pneumonia because we were working in the rain for so long. He almost died. He was in a hospital for like a month. But that dude, like, again, that same vibe of like, this guy doesn't even own the company, but he sees the potential and he's not going to give up. He, I'm like, I'm not kidding when I say he almost died. Like, he was in a hospital for like a month. Um, and he's out here again, like he's, he's struggles with diabetes. Like he's a young kid. He got it when he was like 11. Um, so every couple of hours, like we're, we're walking miles out here and he's like taking insulin shots and like checking his blood sugar so that he doesn't pass out. And I'm like, dude, this guy, mad respect, mad respect. He's I about need to give him a little love. Yeah. He's about, um, it. so yeah, shoot. So I go, Josh, we need to get two bikes to Miami tomorrow because the weekend is Saturday. So it can't be Saturday. It has yeah. to be Friday night. So Josh goes, okay, um, let me see what I can do. You can't take lithium ion on a plane. Um, I think you can take boosted boards now. It dep- uh, with the boosted boards, it could only be like the, it can't be the extended battery. I oh, got it. Okay. So there's a limit. Our bikes do yeah. not obviously don't fall on that limit. So we immediately drove a bike to FedEx shipped it you know you can you can commercial ship it we overnighted it and we sent it to the hotel i'm like i'm never gonna see this bike again but we need to like hedge our bets so i booked a hotel across from his in miami so i shipped a bike next day air which to bike miami. which bike did you an ship s1 out? so these are all s1 so we shipped nice so i ship an s1 a white s1 out there same one casey has i go all right that one's done i'm not going to deal with it i'll probably never see it again um but it's there just in case i then packed up two other s1s without batteries mm-hmm. i was like i'm gonna take these on the plane Got with it. me so i checked them as carry-ons and it was 800 bucks a piece which is like the stupidest thing in the world and i'm i'm sitting there like well this isn't even will smith this is gonna be like some <laughs> other dude named will smith um it was just idiotic that a company would do this um so wait you you checked on bikes on a plane like tires whole fully thing assembled. boxed up they're boxed up the tsa obviously went through them yeah um they fell like four different times like i watched them fall i was like these bikes are gonna be shredded by the time i got them on a cart and i was pushing them across the street at the airport and i remember i hit a crack and both of the bikes just fell and went sliding across the road and these cars are all, i'm at a crosswalk so the light turns red and, or the light turns green and cars are just sitting there waiting for me to scoop up these huge bikes it was a disaster so i land in miami with the two bikes with no batteries I called Josh. So at that point I landed, it was 10 PM in Miami. Um, cause I just jumped on a plane and, uh, I called Josh and I go, okay, so that they had to have left today to make it in time. So I called Josh and it's, it's, uh, what would that be? 7 PM, uh, California okay. time. I called Josh and he goes, they never left the FedEx station. So I'm in Miami with two bikes Fuck. with no batteries and they never left the FedEx station. I go, Josh, I don't care who you have to talk to. I don't care what you have to do. If you can make this work, I will love you forever. Please figure a way out to get these bikes or these batteries. They had to leave that night. Josh spent like six hours on the phone. And shout out to Roxy too because she, uh, she, Roxy is like our um, office manager. Shout out to Roxy. Shout out to Roxy. She stayed, her and Josh stayed the whole night. 
Yeah, man, dude. Literally waiting, waiting for confirmation. They finally, Josh called like 15 different people, got in touch with a FedEx employee that was like, yeah, they're in a cage. I'm looking at them right now. He goes, what you, What can you do? This is a huge product. And they basically told him the story, told him the story about a company. The guy goes, I'll drive him to the FedEx airport. And I was like, are you joking me? So this employee for FedEx heard our story and he was like, I'll help you out. Gets in his car. He drives them to LAX, I take it. Like that's where FedEx flies out from, which is like an hour and a half. Um, Dude. Easy. Drives Shout out to that FedEx right? guy, man. Yeah, real talk. Um, <laughs> I need to send him a bike. <laughs> Got it on a plane. So I land. So the next morning I wake up, I go to the FedEx depot. Like Josh rerouted it so they'd go to the depot so and wait, not the hotel. Is, this is Saturday now? So now it's, it's uh, yeah, so it's Saturday morning. So, um, yeah, so I woke up on, on Saturday morning. Um, and I'm like, if they're not here, that's it. I, I have yeah. to give the bikes to Will Smith at 1 p.m. Because that is the only time he's available. And then... Also, you were in, in talks with the personal trainer at this point. Yeah. So I'm like, hey, man, uh, I'm in Miami everything's under control. It's not. Um, I'm like, everything's under control. Got the bikes. Uh, where can we meet you? He goes, Will Smith has 30 minutes at one o'clock. Can you make it? And I was like, yeah, no problem. It's 10 AM. I have no way of knowing if the batteries even landed. I drive to the FedEx depot. I go, um, you know, I have a package here to pick up Michael Canavo. He goes, I'm sitting there waiting. He goes, the back comes back. Sorry, we don't have anything. And I was just sitting there and I was like, I failed. And I was like, Oh wait, Josh. And I, I said Josh's last I don't want to say it on on Yeah. But I said Josh's last name. He goes, Oh yeah, there's two packages here for you. And I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. I got them. They were the batteries. So I put the bikes together. It's now twelve twenty five. Like I'm like, oh yeah, there's one more bike here. Let me see if it's even here. I go downstairs to the hotel. I'm like, hey, I had a bike shipped here. He goes, uh, check around back, like receiving. So I go to like the dumpster area of the hotel, <laughs> like where all the trucks come in and they take the trash out and stuff. And I was like, do you have a bike here? And he goes, no, no bike here. And I was like, can I look? And he goes, I can't really let you look. And I was like, okay, I need to know if my now what, I mean, after $800 shipping, like $3,000 bike is here. He goes, yeah. all right, I'll come let you look. And I was like, it's right here, dude. And I found it. And he goes, oh, I thought that was a TV. We put TVs on our boxes so that mail carriers are more careful with them. Smart. Um, and it works. That's smart. So bikes have like a 20% damage rate, but TVs have like a 2% damage rate. So as a return, putting a TV on our boxes, we have like a 2% damage rate. Dude, that's Which great. is really cool. That's great. Anyways, three bikes. I've now got three bikes in Miami because my team is so freaking good at like what they do because they're passionate and they're just hungry. And Josh is going to be up until 4 a.m. to make sure that right. he can call somebody at 7 a.m. Like right. that's just that's crazy, especially like you know with his health. Like that dude is, he struggles sometimes. So the fact that he can just be like, well, yeah, I'll probably have a rough three days after this, but we're gonna get it. Um, I get that, man. I feel him. Pe putting people like that around you, you can't fail. Like even if something yeah. doesn't go right, you still don't fail. Um, and that's, what's so rad about our team, our whole, everybody on my team, I could trust any of them with my life. There's 17 of us now in orange County. Um, all of them would give up their personal plans, their weekends, and they have their evenings, everything to hang out, to make sure that things get done. Um, and there have been some that have come in and, and can't hang and they leave. I'm sure you've seen it too. Yes. Where you get people and they're hungry and they're hustling. Um, example, this kid seemed like he wanted to hustle. I took him to New York with me to do the speeder bike thing. And I actually ended up having to fire him while we were here because he 
got caught up with the Casey Neistat fame and taking pictures with kids. And suddenly he was like networking and making YouTube videos on his own. And I was like, dude, I got to send you home right now. So I put him on a plane and I sent him home. So with everybody like that, you get like that, you obviously get the good and the bad, of um, course. which I'm sure you see it too. All the time. Uh, so, you know, we've be able, been able to build our team up into this, into this, uh, like family. It's so lame to say. No, it's not, um, not at all. But it, I mean, it is, it, it's become a family because we're, we're forced to solve problems together, to get along, to work nights, weekends, yep. to fly across the country, across the world sometimes. Like people got to do last minute trips to China. It's and, the worst thing in the world. No, and people think traveling is, traveling for work is glamorous. Oh my gosh, dude. <laughs> Everybody, you know, <laughs> everybody thinks that everybody thinks that. Yeah, it's I, I, I get that, too. Some people are like, don't you love traveling? You're so lucky. I am so lucky to be doing what I'm doing. I'm not lucky to be traveling. Exactly. Like, like I'm not taking first class. I'm taking the cheapest seat I can find in economy, which is normally the middle seat. Um, they're like seven hours flights because it's Miami, New York, um, you know, Boston, things like that. And, and I'm lucky because I'm not the one going to China. Like my business partners are taking those same planes, but to China, um, that's terrible. Uh, so we're lucky to be doing what we're doing. The traveling isn't necessarily the greatest part. Oh, dude. I've been like this like cliffhanger. We left on a cliffhanger with the Will Smith. Yeah. Story. My stories are all over the place. No, no, man. it's all good. So, so, so you go to the hotel and, um, you ask for the bike. It's in the back. So I've now got three bikes three in bikes. Miami, yeah. which is just the craziest thing. So I brought my brother with me cause I, Aaron couldn't go and I needed like a brother. And I was like, shoot, I need a, I need a dude I can trust. And I was like, oh, I have a brother. I'm going to take him. Um, <laughs> so my brother was like, he just let me like, all right, we got to go here. We got to go here now. We got to run down here. We got to build, build these bikes. We can't go to the beach right now. I'm sorry. We've got to do this. You know, and he was just like, yeah, whatever you need, man, let's do it. Um, so he was phenomenal to have on the trip. Uh, so yeah, we're in this hotel room and we're assembling these bikes and it's like five minutes before we got to be at the hotel. And luckily I booked the hotel directly next to Will Smith. Cause I was like, I know it's going to come down to the wire. So I need to be able to see his hotel from mine. Um, so yeah, we, we rode him over there and I'm still at this point, we're riding over there and I'm like, there's going to be no Will Smith. <laughs> and, uh, we get there and we're waiting for like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes out front. And this guy finally comes down. He goes, yo, so Will Smith's security won't let him out. So we got to go up to his hotel room. And I was like, oh, this is the part where we get killed. Like, this is fine. Okay, we're getting to the climax of the movie. Um, we're going to be murdered in a hotel room and harvested for organs. And they're going to ride away on our Super 73s. But um, my brother, you know, he's pretty buff. So I was like, yeah, Tori can take him. Tori's my brother. Um, so I feel good when I bring the muscle. So my brother and I get with this weird Australian dude in the elevator and there's like security guards too. Like he's got security guards. Um, and they look like security guards. So that uh, feels a little legit. Like, I mean, it feels legit, but it also feels like organized crime. Like I was like, that's Oh, true. like these, these are the, this is the muscle. Um, fuck dude, it was intense. Like it was really intense. And the whole time I'm like, there's no Will Smith here. Um, we just flew across the country, spent a lot of money yeah. to get this opportunity. We're sitting in a hotel room and there's no Will Smith in the hotel room. And then we hear a knock on the door and this dude comes barreling in with a camera full speed and it's Will Smith. And he is just vlogging and like going mental, like total, totally exactly who I wanted Will Smith to always be when I met him, just full of energy just turned in. on. He's just switched I go to on. shake his hand. He grabs my arm and yanks me in and just gives me like the biggest bear hug. And he goes, you made it to Miami. I am so happy and like picked me up. And it was just like, as I'm being squeezed and lifted by Will Smith, 
it was one of those moments where you pull yourself out and you look down and you're like, what is this dude who is spinning signs for Verizon doing in this moment right now? It's crazy, dude. It's crazy. And the fact that it worked out for every Will Smith story I have, I have one that didn't work out. But of course. that's just the game we play. You know, I'm sure you, you do the same thing. Um, so yeah, so we sit there and Will Smith is like, he gives us his time and he's like, tell me about your company. Tell me about like, what, why do you guys do what you're doing? And I was able to give him like the story, the really quick story. Um, and he goes, I dig that. I'm gonna help you guys out. I'm gonna do whatever I can to help you guys out. So a few weeks later, I get a text from Aaron's guy and it's just a quoted text. And he goes, Will Smith wanted me to tell you that he's about to post something that's going to go viral. And it's a thank you for the bikes. And he posted that viral came through dripping song. I don't know if you saw that video he did got like 17 million views. And afterwards we just received another text. Like the video went up and I saw it and like immediately we start getting orders. Like just like that, like hundreds of orders. Sure. And he goes, he just responds with you're welcome, which was like the coolest thing in the world. So I sent him this video from the team that was like, thank you, Will Smith. And he goes, Oh, I'm just getting started. So he's continuing to work with us because he identified with the people rather than the brand. Yep. Um, which is so cool. It's so cool that we were given that opportunity to tell Will Smith our story and that now we have this personal connection. Same thing with Jesse. Jesse, we made a personal connection. So now it's personal for him. Um, everybody we work with, you know, like we recently got to get bikes to the Anaheim Angels, which is our local baseball team. Okay. And um, that was so cool. Like, the fact that we were able to sit down with them and be like, this is why we do what we do. We're local. And, you know, being from the same city area, they kind of gravitated to that. The fact that we can kind of tell these people why we do what we do makes them even more attached to our brand, which means that we we're able to collaborate further than just here's a bike. Man, you guys are creating a serious buzz with this product Dude, and it's your team. It's amazing. It's, I didn't even know it was to this extent. It's like, been so fun. I'm pretty blown away by all your stories right now. Thanks, man. Um, I know. Sorry if I'm like rambling. Um, no, man. This is exactly what I think people would love to hear. You cool. know what I mean? Like people want to. Th- this is what I want the podcast to be about is just hearing people's stories. The cool. creative people I, I meet in this space. I just want to take them in and have a conversation and just find out where they came from, where they started and how they got to where they are, man. And that Will Smith story. Right. That being stuck to that costco that sign that's yo that's wild it's cra- it's definitely crazy um you it, know it 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 kind of just comes down to like surround yourself with good people who are doing good things and want good for the world and you can't go wrong dude i mean i don't care if you're making youtube videos or cleaning up trash off the side of the road like what what it comes down to is like what is the reason that you're doing this is it to be rich and famous or is it to incite change um for us at super 73 inciting change has already always been like really big. Obviously we're electric tech. So that in itself, we're trying to create a more sustainable environment. Um, I think it's the future, man. Absolutely. It's absolutely the future. We, we really pride ourselves on, on that. We don't come out. Um, we don't ever want to be obnoxious. We don't want to be the Prius about it. Uh, we more (laughs) want to be the Tesla. Like Tesla's doing a lot of good, but they don't talk about the good they're doing because they're just doing something that's attractive. So, you know, um, like, you know, Jake might, you know, be wearing his Supreme clothing and think the Super 73 is a perfect fit for him. Jake. 
I don't just random Jake. Got it. Just yeah. So just random hype beast is 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 like I have to have this bike. What they don't know is now they're choosing to ride electric. They're not even thinking about it. They're now choosing to ride sustainable, and they're choosing to be a benefit to the environment rather than you know a, a negative um, contributor, um, which is so cool. We've been able to brand electric tech in a way, and Boosted Board has done the same thing. Yes, it's. Do they ever talk about how many cars are taken off the road? They're, they don't. See, that's wild because that was one of the biggest justifications in my head to buy mm. a Boosted Board and a Super Seventy Three. So with the Boosted Board, I. So I take a bus from Jersey mm-hmm. and I go to Port Authority and then from Port Authority, I take the subway. Jeez, dude. And then so... That's a long trip. <laughs> it is, man. But I mean, hey, like I see the potential here mm-hmm. too. So, and, and that's, oh, why I, sure. that's why I do it. Um, So I buy a monthly subway pass, okay. which is like $120. Okay. So my plan is I'm going to buy a boosted board. I'm going to get on the bus. Instead of taking the subway from Port Authority, I'm just uh, going to boost straight to work. Yeah that eventually is going to pay for itself yeah definitely and so with the super 73 i'm going to ride around in my town i'm not going to pay i'm not paying gas money yeah you're not paying gas you're not paying if you know car ownership is not just buying the car it's license and registration it's insurance maintenance it's it's maintenance it's oil changes it's 100 sure for sure tickets because when you, yes. you're in new york you're getting when i drove here man uh, i had like six tickets by the time i left and at a certain point i was like forget it i don't even yeah, care it doesn't anymore. matter yeah yeah um so it's all those it's all those benefits uh, wrapped into a stylish package that you don't have to say I'm the Prius, you know, driving around doing good. You're just you're just you. You're you're Miguel riding a boosted board, um, and Do, I think that's what's cool. And it it's eventually going to pay for itself. Yes, you're making a good decision, and and a lot of people are like, how can I justify you know fifteen hundred dollars, twenty two hundred dollars? Truth is, dude, it 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 pays for itself really fast. It does. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought about. I'm like. Am I really going to purchase this? I was like, you know, I could buy other things, but I'm like, no, man, this is going to pay for itself. Yeah. I just got my registration for my truck. It's like 700 bucks. That's crazy, dude. That's half a boosted board just for a year's registration, just to be able to drive it on the streets of yep. Tustin um, and to be frustrated every three days when I got to go fill it up. Um, I actually moved a mile away from work for that purpose was so I could just ride to work. Because, um, yeah, so Orange County is really spread out. It's not like New York. You can't take a subway anywhere there's subways don't exist yeah. you can't even take buses like the bus system is so messed up so as a result orange county is one of the leaders in, in in like car pollution there's so many cars and so much traffic because there's not that last mile answer in orange county um so people you know people our age have started to kind of adjust their lives accordingly like how close can i live to work or what can i do better that allows me to get to work more efficiently you guys are chipping away at that i think so i think these generations that are coming up um you know millennials generation z it's a different mindset it's not you know business is now you can't just be a business you have to be a business that does some good in some way um or else you can't survive and i think generation z is going to is going to be the one to really break that open um you know millennials have kind of started to look into it but there was so much backlash from the preceding generations um you know i mean every millennial even saying the word millennial has its own yeah man it's weird um and it's because of the generations before us that have kind of they've assigned that stigma to it um generation z has a chance they have a chance to actually like really change the game what we're doing is we're opening the door for them um so by you know you saying i'm gonna buy a boosted board instead you are helping to benefit that 
upcoming generation that is now going to come into a world where these things are normal, yep. where electric tech is normal, where people don't look at you because you're riding on the bus. They don't look at you and be like, ooh, like peasant because yeah. you're riding on the bus. Cause yeah. that used to be, um, there was a stigma there, you know, like, oh, you're walking. Why would you walk? Um, we're changing that. But Generation no, Z, I think, is going to nail it, which Dude, is exciting. I think what you guys are doing is is amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it's we'll see. You know, like it, it, it's it's so volatile as a startup. It changes every day. And, and you this know, is only year two. This is year two, um, which is exciting. It's it's also weird. It it feels like it's been no time, but it's been a lifetime. Um, yeah. I can't imagine, you know, like we're we're this is not general knowledge, but I'll share it here. We're looking very heavily, and I think I talked to you a little about this, about this, electric motorcycles. We're right there, dude. We are right there. Um, we just need to figure out how to navigate the legalities of yep. it. But we're talking That's like coming. commuter. Yeah. yeah, so we're not stopping at electric bikes. Obviously, <laughs> electric bikes are the foundation of what we do, um, but there's no reason why we can't get you 100 miles you know, rather than three or four miles. So I think... You know, if we flash forward five years, ideally, we would love to be the Tesla of the two-wheel vehicle market um, and even three-wheel vehicle because we have some cool ideas. Um, Dope. I think, yeah, I, I wish we could fast forward because we're from a generation of I want it now. Um, oh, yeah, Instant man. gratification. Instant. So it's hard to have 15 millennials in one room being like, all right, what's our five-year plan? <laughs> Because everyone's like, no, I'm going to be dead in five years. What are you talking about? Um, no worries. All good. Um, uh, yeah, this, this, our whole generation is very much like, oh, I can't worry about next year. I can barely survive this year. Dude. Um, you know, and, and not to get dark, but, you know, all that, all like <laughs> That's this. That's real. No, for sure. Like the school shootings and, and the mass murders, like we're not so concerned about what's going to happen in 20 years. But to have millennials that are like, okay, well, how do we become a legacy company? That's really cool. And being led by, um, you know, John, my business partner, John, um, you know, him having like those leadership roles, uh, it helps because he comes from a military background. Yeah. Um, he was a Honda engineer. He designed cars. Oh, that's awesome. Um, he sold startups. He sold a startup to LG. Um, he's made apps. Like he's just brilliant. And he's got this methodical way of doing things that makes me want to punch a wall. But it's so brilliant <laughs> because he goes, no, 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 wait, wait, watch look what's going to happen in five years. And I'll be like, whoa, like I, I can't even see what's going to happen in five days, but he's got this vision. That's like, look where we can get to if we just struggle right now. Like let's, instead of going the cheap China route, we could make a ton of money cheapening our parts and going to China with it. But look what happens in five years if we don't do that. And it's like mind blowing. It's it, so cool. It goes back to sacrifice. Mm -hmm. I feel like, Everything comes back to sacrifice mm -hmm. and whether you're willing to sacrifice something right now, whether you're willing to sacrifice something in the future, whether you're willing to sacrifice your time, your comfort, good things come from that. Yeah. And I think that's, that's, that's essential for anything to like really succeed. You have to sacrifice. Yeah. No football team has ever won the state championship without going through hell week. Like that's it. So you're in hell week. I'm in hell week. And, oh, yeah. um, you know, our hell weeks may last for years, but in the span of, you know, if, if, you know, God gives us 80 years in the span of 80 years, what's a couple years of having red numbers in your bank account? Like, I don't care. Like, that's I won't nothing. even remember that. Um, 
and that's where value is. I think that's where I wish more people would kind of look at, you know, like my old business partner who didn't make it. Yeah, um, man. I wish I could explain to him like, dude, those red numbers in your bank account don't matter. You may feel like it's the end of the world right now. You may, I've lived in my car for like a week at a time. Um, Aaron lived in his van for like years. Um, and that's because we knew like, well, it doesn't matter. No, I'm young. I can survive right now. Let's get through it. They're not going to kill me. No, I think growing up, that was always my fear of like, well, if I don't have a job and I don't succeed, then it's not going to work out and nothing's going to like, I'm not going to be able to live. The truth is you can live if you have the will to live. Oh, 100%. Dude, they could take everything from me and tomorrow I would get up and I would start something new. Yeah. And that's every single person on our team. I think all 17 of us there in that little warehouse in Tustin, if they took everything from us today, tomorrow there would be a new company there and we'd launch a new product and we would try to change the world again. And it might fail, but it's the same cycle. You just run it over and over. Um, there's this line that we say a lot from the office where, you know, Michael Scott, he he's talking to Dunder Mifflin about it's when he goes off on his own and starts his own paper company. Yeah. And he goes, it's not about the money. It's never been about the money. Um, David, he goes, that's what you don't understand. If you, if I, if Michael, if the Michael Scott paper company closes today, tomorrow, there will be another and another and another. I have no shortage of names. <laughs> that is like the best quote ever because it's this like ferocious, like desire to never stop no. starting again. Um, lithium cycles will be gone someday, whether it's, you know, in my lifetime or my grandkids lifetime. Um, but the idea that when that day ends, that something new will come out of it is really exciting. You know, maybe, you know, if it's in my lifetime, then maybe part of the team from lithium cycles starts something new or, you know, my grandkids, maybe they start something new. So I think as long as there's that mentality of, you know, like if, if you, aren't doing this tomorrow it's exciting because you get to do something else dude i'm so excited to see what you guys are gonna thanks man do in the future likewise um colin oh something that we do is at the near the end if there's still people on the stream we ask them a couple questions and cool. if they have any is anybody watching anybody? yeah yeah we've got uh we've had like up to 16 people max whoa now we're back on the 10. it's the, all of my relatives right so you know it like uh, it's always like Sam and, Sam and I, again. I mean that's cool it's and then really it, just, cool. it just see it's crazy because when we first started this it just started with we had like one viewer mm -hmm. and then we would just keep doing it and then now like it doesn't sound crazy like that's not crazy crazy numbers but i'm like dude there were 16 people live watching that's, that's so special do you that's know what i mean so special when we launched on kickstarter for two weeks we had like one person who bought a bike <laughs> and we were just sitting there and it was one order and it was one dude and we like emailed him we're like thank you like what's up and he goes yeah i'm super excited about this and we were so amped about that one person who like threw down money to yep. buy what we made yep and then it caught wildfire so i mean that's the story i mean what youtube creator hasn't been that way you exactly. know exactly so 16 is awesome. <laughs> does that, does anybody have any questions or? Uh, everyone's just saying squad. And That's the great thing about Twitch. Everybody just starts like typing stuff in and. They love their exclusive information that they got from you. All kinds of stuff. Man, like that. What's crazy to me too is how many people really actually started listening, listening to this podcast. That's rad. And like. How long have you been doing it for? This is episode nine. nine. Oh, I made it first 10. <laughs> Top 10? So, yeah, man. And it's like at first we weren't getting that many listeners. Yeah. But then um, it started catching attention on like on Anchor, which is the uh, 
the platform that I use okay. to like produce all the podcasts. Okay. And now it's it's at like again, these aren't crazy numbers cuz like comparing to other people, but not to compare, but now it's it's at I think a total of 1300 downloads. Whoa. And then like that's averaging like 150 listens per episode. Dude, that's rad. And then again, it's like podcasts w- are like there's there's millions of them. So the fact that you can carve away a section of that just the fact that yeah. m- knowing that this pod that 1500 people or 1300 people have listened to this podcast blows my mind. That's away. crazy. It blows my mind away. That's crazy. But I mean, I I oh. There are some questions. Oh, cool. What made the Kickstarter go viral? Uh what made it go viral? Okay, Uncrate, Design Boom, Gizmag, GQ, Esquire. So I think Uncrate was the first to post an article about us. Um so Uncrate posted and then from there it just caught and it was like so it's a four week campaign. Um, that amount of money was raised in like two weeks because it just sat quietly for like two weeks and didn't really, we didn't really make any sales. So, you know, the fact that we did all that in two weeks was just thanks to all those people who posted about us. It's crazy. That's wild, man. How much do those puppies weigh? Ooh. They're heavy. Uh, they weigh, they weigh between 60 and 80 pounds. So depending on what, which one you get, um, the new Z that we just came out with the super 73 Z, which we named after generation Z, um, cool. yeah, we wanted them to have like that younger generation to have a bike. Um, they have, uh, that, that one's like 40 pounds. So that one will be really light. Um, what else? can you tell us anything about the Ru- uh, Ruroc or the cylinder? Oh yeah. So Ruroc is a helmet company that those Sam are, rocks. those are awesome. Helmets, yeah. We man. saw it and we we're like, shoot, we have to do something. So we're actually currently working on a collaboration with ProTech, um, for the super 73 Z, but we thought, shoot the higher end stuff. Like we need a higher end product and Rear rock is like the coolest helmet company in the entire world. I, I want one so badly. So Aaron hit them up and they DM'd us back like right away and they're like, yeah, let's do it. So I'm not sure what exactly is coming, but we're going to be working with them. Dude, that's, sick, that's another man. cool thing about having this brand is like, I got a bike to the visual effect director, visual effects director at Lucasfilm, which when in my life, can I hit him up and be like, Hey, want to like, want to talk to me? It's crazy the doors that you can open. Um, and so we've gotten to work with a lot of cool brands. Like, you know, we got sponsored by Lagunitas for a while. That was a really Dope. hazy couple of months. Um, <laughs> we, we're currently sponsored by like kombucha companies and stuff. So we get to like so many perks, like so many cool products. We get sent like all like the clothes that I wear, they're always free. Um, yeah, man. Which is so cool because um, I can't really afford clothes. So <laughs> to get free clothes is really rad, which I'm sure you experience too. Yeah, definitely. Probably get a lot of free stuff. There's just a bunch of stuff that mm-hmm. comes in. That's rad. Would you ever do a bike sharing program? Bike sharing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, uh, we've we got some really exciting stuff. Not only do we have some exciting stuff that I'm currently here for talking to Casey about in regards to 368, but um, we've got some other really cool stuff coming. So, yes. One, this one right here. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be? Oh, man. I got to say, like... Donald Glover is like my, that's my inspiration. So I saw his concert in 2010. It cost me 15 bucks. It was at the glass house in LA. It was me and like 300 people. And he, it was one of his first concerts. It was after he dropped like a couple mixtapes. Um, it blew my mind, his creativity, his drive, those original songs from those mixtapes where he just rap over like indie music Yeah, was like that that happened 
during the time that I was spinning signs at Verizon and making pizzas at Costco. Um, and it kind of shaped my life. And we've recently become very close with Joel McHale from uh, Community. He did like the okay. soup. Um, yeah. He's very close with Donald Glover. So I'm like, I'm just like a matter of conversations away from actually finally getting there, um, which is really unbelievably exciting. But um, I'm just kind of waiting. Donald Glover would be my go-to. Dude. He's 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 brilliant, and I worry that I wouldn't be able to understand anything he's saying because I feel like he's on another level. But just to be able to listen to him, which I feel like he wouldn't talk because he'd he'd do some artistic project yeah. mid dinner where he'd be like, "I'm not going to talk for the rest of dinner," and I'd be like, "Okay, do do your art." That's crazy. You're like basically one degree so away from him. When I gave Joel McHale a bike, we ended up talking for like two hours. Which so I I love Community. I'm like big Donald Glover fan. So. Um, you know, I got to give a bike to Joel McHale and we developed this relationship where we started talking about Star Wars. He's a big Star Wars fan. Then we started talking about Netflix. Um, he's actually currently helping us with some projects, which are pretty cool. Um, I don't want to go on record as saying it just yet, but you'll see pretty soon. Man, I'm um, excited. But it's just those connections you get to make. Yep. And then, yeah, so I'm like, I a part of me wants to make like a Lando-inspired bike from the new Han Solo movie. Very loosely, like, you know, it's got yellow accents and stuff, maybe some little flourishes here and there. Um, but I want a good reason to meet him. I don't want to just give him a, a normal bike. Um, I want it to be like a piece of art. So I've got to like really get to work on it. It's Donald Glover. You can't just give him an, an S1. He wouldn't be happy with that. You need to like paint it up and make it weird. Dude, I'm so excited to get my S1, man. I can't I, I can't wait. I'm excited I'm, for you. Um, um, yeah, we'll have to come out and make some mods put some mods on it dude I'd, i really appreciate it but yeah man i i, I think that's a good way to wrap it up i don't cool. want to take up any more of your time and i know you're leaving early tomorrow and 5 a.m back to california sleep's important no nah, yeah i mean we can we can sleep when we're uh retired like that's what i always think dude like we'll sleep someday we'll catch up <laughs> michael thank you so much for being on the podcast dude, man thanks thank for you having so much. me really appreciate it that was fun Dude, your stories are amazing, man. Um, Thank you. I'm glad they weren't terribly boring. No, what? So for everybody who's uh, still watching, thanks for tuning in. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in and, and supporting the podcast and checking out our, our, our Twitch channel. Give us a follow to know and get notifications when we, whenever we go live with the podcast. Um, follow me on Instagram to see whenever I, I post stories of when we're going to go live um follow the youtube channel sweet 206 podcast michael you want to what's your what's your instagram oh um follow my instagram at uh, miguel miola i feel like you gotta say your, your instagram oh yeah no it just it just but like how do you spell ramble. miola m-e-o-l-a see i would never would have thought of that yeah sorry i just like started I found like, you again like miola. i'm still i'm still new at this you know what i mean so like even the ending and having to like do your dude this was cool you just you let me sit here and like ramble which was really cool i don't think i've ever like sat like you said earlier like people don't have conversations yeah man i don't think i've ever sat in this format before and talked to somebody for this long it feels weird i i caught myself multiple times being like i should shut up now but then i was like but then it would just be silence so you have to talk no but, man just uh yeah that was fun yeah do you have anything that you want to plug in like your where where they can find you i mean super obviously follow us at yeah, at super 73 on instagram um my personal account is kind of goofy um <laughs> i mean if you want you can follow me there michael canavo c-a-n-n-a-v-o um it's just yeah I, I try to allow myself like a platform of expression so there's a lot of star wars stuff there and weird art 
and uh, check out lithiumcycles.com. Yeah, is- yeah, just super73.com, lithiumcycles.com. Um, and, you know, we have a, we're growing our YouTube presence, uh, which is cool. So you just search Super73. We have a lot of cool collaborations that we've been doing. So we got a lot of Jesse videos up there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Rate and subscribe to help support the podcast. Follow us on twitch.tv slash Miguel Miola. That's M-E-O-L-A to get notifications on when we go live. Follow me on Instagram to get updates on when we go live and follow the YouTube channel Sweet 206 Podcast. I really appreciate the love. Peace.